listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge, and mommy, look, chunkosaurs. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Carter, and see, there it is again. That's not a transformer malfunction. That's an electro-hunknetic pulse. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get more creative with like, where can we put? yeah. Those words. I really, my really thought question, one of you was going to roar like Godzilla and just be like, Chunk! <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Dang, dude. thought that was going to happen. But it, it didn't, which is fine. The thing that did happen, fine. though, is that Carter did say the magic H word. And you are the hunk now by your yes. own admission. So would you double hunky sticks? Would you <laughs> please tell us why? Uh, section 103 and 104 of… This is the lower tier of Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, where the Rangers play, Texas Rangers play. Uh, is going to be significant. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really significant for me for the rest of my life. Mm. Uh, not because of a baseball game played there, but because that's where I had a needle put into my arm. I got an email yesterday. Chelsea and I had done, just finished up a little bit of house hunting, looking at houses, drove back. As soon as I was letting our, our dog out, got a little look down from Tarrant County that said, hey, we've got a lot of extra vaccinations. You should come by. COVID vaccine. Got my COVID vaccine. uh, And it was great. Yeah, I had, Chelsea and I had just been talking about, which I think is probably a conversation that's happening a lot with those that are anticipating getting the vaccine of like, you know, it's going to be awesome in the summer, you know, once herd immunity or you know, will be all all us really healthy people out there are like, it's okay, July is fine. Well, oh, now May. Okay. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll get it then. And then to, I, I couldn't, it was honestly really surreal for me. And yeah, most people had just a really positive attitude about it. Like we were just kind of like walking through history. I've never been so excited to be in a queue unless it was like uh flight of passage or something yeah. uh, at Disney World, right? Like, we're almost there. but And I hate needles. I hate needles. Um, But I had Ellie, who uh, serves our Navy. And I was, like, thanking her for everything. I was like, I feel like there's a long list. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for volunteering. (laughs) Thanks for serving our country. Thank you for the vaccination. Uh, Thanks for being so kind. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, it was was a well-oiled machine. And I got my COVID. I got my COVID vaccine. Woo! That's awesome. So here we are. Do you feel? Did you feel any of the the like microchips go in? <laughs> did you feel any of the data that you could perceive now? No. Did you I, feel any like side effects from it? Feel a little sick no. or a little crappy? That's good. No. No. Outside of a sore arm. No. Yeah. That's awesome. What flavor yeah. did you get? Pfizer. Mm. Mm-hmm. Watermelon. Pfizer, yeah. Pfizer watermelon. Pfizer watermelon. Watermelon blast. Watermelon Yum. blast. Yeah. Yum. That, dude. that one's been big on the circuits recently. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about how much they love the the taste <laughs> in their arms. So twenty days from now, I'll be I'll be the hunk again in three weeks. That's fair. Yeah, that's unless fair. something crazy happens. And some, you can some just kind start of sandwich. You man, start I love a called shot. Again. I'm calling. I'm oh calling man, shot. I cannot oh, call that's shot. So good, guys. I'm smart. Um, was that on purpose? It's better if it was. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I was like, he's trying to decide if he could take credit for this. No, there's no credit. Uh, I just can't wait to open mouth kiss all my best friends again. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait to run into room's tongue first. Like I used to do. (laughs) Like I used to. Yeah. Back before people could get sick. Yeah. Well, I've I've injured myself a lot more because I'm not landing on my soft tongue when I fall down. And I'm trying to use my (laughs) hands and stuff. Uh. It's just, it's just been, been hard. It's been so long since all my friends have touched the inside of my soft palate, you know? <laughs> with the, with really, the inside of their soft palate? With the inside of their soft palate, yeah. I'm really ready for that kind of emotional intimacy again. I'm ready to start shaking tongues. Um, yep. Wow. Speaking of tongue shakers, brain shakers, and floor Ooh. shakers, oh. uh, we got some some big boys coming in Ooh. hot for this series. I'm… Amped as all get. I'm amped as yeah. H-E double hunky sticks. And I… Absolutely very excited. Here's the thing. 
I don't feel like we've actually given this enough fanfare. I don't feel like we've given this the fanfare that it deserves because these are two certified, bona fide, A1 thick boys. And we get to spend the next, is it five weeks? Six, I believe. Talking about, I mean, really, these are the true baby boomers because every step is a boom, baby. And they, Good. Are. You're on fire today. Lizard. They are. Gorilla. They are. Zillarilla. Look, I'm talking about Zillarilla. It's our series. We're starting it right now with the first installment. That's right. The Brian Cranston vehicle. 2014's Godzilla. And, uh, boy, howdy. It's a big one. Uh, Here's what I need to get this started off right. Cause it's so um, complex and deep that I had a hard time understanding it. It's like, what's the motivation? So Doge, could you help us out with a synopsis? This week's IMDb synopsis is written by Kenneth Chisholm, who I am almost certain must be a Texas Ranger. Kenneth Chisholm writes in 1999, The Janjira nuclear power plant was mysteriously destroyed with most hands lost, including Supervisor Joe Brody's colleague and wife, Sandra. Years later, Joe's son, Ford, a U.S. Navy Ordnance Disposal Officer, must go to Japan to help his estranged father, who obsessively searches for the truth of the incident. In doing so, father and son discover the disaster's secret cause on the wreck's very grounds. This enables them to witness the reawakening of a terrible threat to all of capital H humanity, which is made all the worse with a secret secret. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> mm. That one gets stuck in your teeth, which is made all the worst with a second secret revival elsewhere. Against this cataclysm, the only wow. hope for the world may be Godzilla. But the challenge for the king of the monsters will be great even as humanity struggles to understand the destructive ally they have. Real Very quick. Well done. Yep, Real yep, quick. Yep. Before we jump any into anything else, when I first watched this movie, I didn't get it. Not the concept. I think I was expecting a modernized movie of like, there's depth and there is character and there is... um like important story and development. Yeah. And when there wasn't, when those things weren't present, I left disappointed and I didn't watch it again. Same. I was preparing Callie when we watched this last night. I was like, I bet these other ones are going to be really fun, but I think this first one takes itself a little too seriously. It's not going to be great. Blah, blah, blah. I was wrong. (laughs) I was wrong. Yeah. I think that Um, was because that was in our, in our pre- Fast and Furious life. You might be right. Genuinely, I don't know that I knew how to appreciate Big Dumb and Loud for the first time I saw this. This is such a good segue. And this this was your intention. I, I, I just want to take an aside. We work really well together. <laughs> the three of us. Um, guys, I am developing something right now in my lab. Mm. Oh, he got uh, something cooking. And it's Ooh. heavy. It is Carter heavy. Carter Test Kitchen. Heavy on that social psychology. But okay. Okay. Nerd. This happens. And, and really, it is Fast and the Furious. There is probably no more influential pieces of work or a body of work to this podcast. And <laughs> How did honestly, that happen? How did that happen? Is, there is so much about the movie watching experience that something happened in Fast and Furious that I think we collectively said uh, either either it was some flip on of a switch or flip off, however you look at that objectively. Uh, that made us enjoy it. That made us enjoy it exponentially more. And there was this thing <laughs> of like, even still, I catch myself, you know, since Fast and Furious, looking across the aisle. I think it's easier for us to say love what you love when we have this realization that that there's different <laughs> attitudes to go into different movies. When sure. we realize that we accidentally love Fast and Furious, exactly, unironically. Exactly. Well, I think I think I did have to turn off the switch. I think I had to be like, "Oop, the pretentious douche switch is still turned on. Better flip that yeah. one off so that yeah. I can enjoy the splody bad guys." Yeah. Uh, uh, I am 
working on a scale for us. Mm. Okay, we do love and scales here. If you're if you're fine to come into Carter's calm classroom, mm. come on in. Open that door. Come on in. Calm on in. Calm on in. Um, there's something Kamala. called the structuration theory in social psychology or in communication. Have y'all heard of the structuration theory? No. No. Okay. Teach so, me. so to sound smart, here's like the the literal definition. Okay. So it's examining phenomenology and hermeneutics, social practices at the inseparable intersection of structures and agents. So what structuration theory says in group communication or in general is that the environments that we have communicated in, which basically all you have to do is exist in them, uh, and the players within those environments ultimately influence not only the environment at that time, but what we take into the next environment. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yep. Yep. So what I am developing right now is something I'm calling the sensical scale. Okay. okay. If something scores lower on the sensical scale, that means, hey, turn, turn, turn the depth off. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think I really, what's, what's going to be fun about this is I really do think that I can like quantify legitimate data to be able to have, and, and no, no research in social psych or anything is 100% accurate. I think I can have a high percentage of being able to put something onto this scale, look at it, and, and kind of give you an idea of how you should walk into that movie experience. Right, right. Cool. And so uh, a lot so of like it is you have be, something like a Jupiter ascending, which makes no sense, and yes. also still isn't enjoyable because it doesn't deliver on yes. its promises. Yeah. And something that's going to be really interesting is a lot of this sensical scale will be influenced by the history of those agents. Okay. So yeah. for, for instance, uh, what probably threw off your sensical scale from the start back in 2014 was that Brian Cranston was in this movie. Yep. Absolutely. Where he as an individual is very high on the sensical scale. Right. Remember low meaning very heavy on the fantasy end. Right. Then you have an Aaron Taylor Johnson who's perhaps somewhere in the middle. Middle. We had, uh, what was the animals movie? It's some, uh, not sharp objects. What was the nocturnal, nocturnal animals? animals. Yeah, yeah. So he's in that, but he's also like the lead in kick-ass. So it's like, okay, where do we go there? Right. Elizabeth right. Olsen now though. She, she was unknown to, to me at that point. Down. Yeah. Down, maybe down a little bit on the sensical scale. Cause we're about to have one division. We don't know that yet. Um, but then you have giant monsters. <laughs> and, right. Uh, it's also influenced by the actual fictional beings that can be in this like you would have any superhero movie sure and then it can also be influenced by any player so if you have someone people tend to have a wheelhouse in hollywood okay yeah. so any ridley scott movie is very likely low to a certain extent on the sensical scale because of his 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 deep dive into science fiction right because there still are the people that are very logical that can walk into blade runner even though a lot of it makes sense uh, even though there's a lot of open-ended stuff and not be satisfied, right? Yeah. Understanding that all players are objective. But especially in this one too, our director makes us lower on the sensical scale. Someone who is known for Rogue One. You know, someone who is known for the Godzilla movie. He's, what had he done before this though? What had Gareth Edwards done up to this point? Because Rogue One was after this. I should know that. I mean, yeah, this that's is true. a movie that's podcast. True. We should know that already. Uh, well, he had a movie called Monsters in 2010, right? Oh. So he's that's one of his top on his filmography. He didn't have a ton of stuff, but if you're looking Wait, back I'm pretty through, sure I watched that. Yeah. Some of those directorial debuts. He he dabbles in fiction. Yeah. Uh, Steven Spielberg. You know, some of, actually some of the biggest, Scorsese is going to be high on the sensical scale. George Lucas is low on the sensical scale. Does that make sense? Yep. Yes. Very okay. Much. So, yeah. uh, in, in terms of like having legitimate quantifiables, what I'll be able to do is go in and collect data based off of their credits on uh, like IMDb or something. Not their top credits, but just credits in general. And not super deep dive. The good thing about the sensical scale is if you wanted, you could make it more detailed by legitimately watching those films and being like, you know what? This is more fantasy than reality. But yeah, I'm working on that. And for Godzilla, I can tell you, <laughs> for Zilla Rilla, <laughs> we need to, that sensical scale is low. And even though the word low has a negative connotation, the great thing about the sensical scale is it's just telling you how to perhaps approach the experience. It's not sure. saying it's a good or a bad it's experience. It's not qualitative so much as it is descriptive. Right. 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 And I'm sure there's anomalies. I'm sure there's outliers. Movies like Inside Out that are very yeah, realistic. I was going to ask about that. Inside someone's head. Yeah. That, that I, is I would be, love it if you could <clears throat> kind of plot some of our movies that we maybe like three movies that we've point. talked yeah. about. 
yeah, can you give us like maybe three movies we've talked about in the last year and how high or low they would rank on the sensical scale? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to do that. So be on the lookout for that. I, I've, I have every intention of having some kind of tangible visual that I mean, we, I mean, we right can now. use. I'm asking nope, right now that we can. You want me to do it right now? <laughs> yeah, if I, I haven't done you, enough to even know where I, to put I it. I can help. I can help. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, if I tell I you a movie help. name like Inside Out, where would you put that on the sensical scale? It's somewhere in the middle. Okay, we Jupiter have, Ascending have, is the bottom. Jupiter Ascending is the very bottom. Silence of the uh, Lambs. Where's that? Very Top. high. Okay. And Inside yeah. Out's the middle. And Inside Out is somewhere in the middle because we have fictional characters put in the real world, right? And okay. we are looking at the mind and the workings of how, like, if we can apply that and we have aha moments of, like, that kind of makes sense. Sure. Then it's high. If it makes okay. sense, <laughs> it's high on the sensible scale. So something like a get out would land middle. Yeah. Because it it's does involve in things like mind control, but it has a very grounded in realism. Something like Halloween would actually land pretty high. You could have a stalker like that. Yeah. Right. Um, While The Shining got, is closer to the bottom. Right. I would say. Okay. I think I'm getting a handle on this. So that's, that's, our, that's our y-axis. What, what, what would you consider? I, I guess I'm just trying to finish wrapping my head around this. Our x-axis is delivery on premise maybe and that's sort of where yeah the well, line of enjoyment gets drawn if 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 we're actually doing a pretty close to carbon copy of the structuration theory that would mean our x axis is the actual like structure the the environment and then the y axis are the agents mm. interesting we'll see it'll be fun yeah What's, again we're at the very beginnings of it but i think i think this could it, it started as a joke but I think this could end up legitimately being helpful, at least yeah. to reference on this podcast. Well, I think yeah. you're exactly right. That is why I did not enjoy Godzilla when I saw it in theaters. Is right. because I had just finished Breaking Bad. And right. then heard, oh my gosh, Brian Cranston's in the Godzilla movie that comes out next year, two years from now. It, it, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, It's going to be so good because I get Walter White fighting a big dragon. And that's right. definitely not what this movie is. Right. Um. I'm going to super dump on Godzilla. Go, 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 go. And I'm, I'm, this, this super dump is with the lens looking forward, I think, but I couldn't stop thinking about it last night. Um, I have not seen any of the other movies in our series. Same. This is the only one I've watched. The Mutos are so boring as enemies for Godzilla. They're strong and they're big. And so I, I do like them. <laughs> I want to be clear. <laughs> I am a sucker for monsters, specifically huge ones. So the fact that they're so big and one Boy, has have wings, I got a podcast series for you. Yeah, me too. Because they're strong and big and one has wings, I do like them. But in comparison to how gorgeous Godzilla is and how scary and powerful. And from what I know looking forward how scary, powerful, and cool-looking everything else we're going to see in this series happens to be, they're so boring. These yeah. are so, uh, these are about five years too late. Uh, 2014, we should have been past the generic, like, spindly monster look. That yeah, Their look specifically was almost my super dumb. It just doesn't and work I, for I me. had a huge problem with it even in the theater. Like even the first time I saw it, this, I was it like- It feels like Super Smash Brothers with Roy from Fire Emblem fighting Ridley from uh, yeah. Metroid. It's like these looks yeah. do not exist within the same universe. Well, that's the thing with the Mutos is they look like Godzilla- looks Sudasukian, right? He looks like a crocodile. He looks right. like a dinosauromorph, something that's not a dinosaur, but has the body characteristics of a dinosaur. Yeah, he Godzilla, looks like a huge by the lizard. Way, by the way, Godzilla is dummy thick. Did you see his thighs? Yeah, dude. My they boy's jiggled. Built like a, he built like a Pixar mom. <laughs> but these uh, Mutos, they look like nothing that has existed on Earth before or right. since. They're They're... Uh, eight-legged, eight-limbed creatures. And so we need to infer that there's either some weird convergent evolution with with arachnids or that they have a common ancestor with spiders. But even so, for them to exist as part of the same ecosystem as Godzilla, uh, they both feed on radiation. And so that means they need to have some sort of common ancestor. 
and they are uh, physiologically so different from yeah. Godzilla yeah. and from other members Anything of Godzilla's else species. That's here. Right, that the, their their common ancestor would have to be crazy far in the past. Like it's yeah. just you're exactly right. They don't work. The, I, their glowing eyes, in particular, are what really bugged me. I get they're going for like bugged. A, a compound eye. Uh, they're going for a compound eye, like a wasp or a bee has, right. uh, with some bioluminescence, like fireflies, I guess. But yeah, like I think we should have leaned into the insect vibe rather than their vertebrates clearly i don't know just the the like actual animal structure of them is bad to me yeah it just doesn't feel like they really exist in the, and there's something about something natural growing over time that is scarier to me than like something that looks like it probably landed in an asteroid do you remember uh do you remember leaving this movie we saw this together doge and i did do you remember leaving this movie and going back home with our roommates and being like i guess that was mothra like yeah, I guess that was their version of Mothra. They just never said his name. Uh-huh. Uh, I am glad to know, due to trailers, that that was it's not this Jeff universe not. version yeah. of Mothra. Um, but yeah, the only the only uh, monsters in a Godzilla movie created by an American production company. Yeah, everything else and, from here on out is is Toho creations. Yeah, and I think that's where they fell flat. They tried to be creative here, and I think. I think they thought their ways out of it being impressive. They, if you yeah, read as like one of the <laughs> one of the the higher you know trivia about this is the combination of like they wanted this to be equal parts like the insects that we had in Starship Troopers, uh, our xenomorph from Alien. Uh, there was just a lot of stuff that they were trying to do in creating this, and it just doesn't. I really do think this is probably the worst creature design I've seen in a movie. Like even the even the interdimensional beings from Pacific Rim look more like a creature that could exist on Earth than these guys. Even like the the monsters that we fight in Star Wars Attack of the Clones in the arena at the end of that look more recognizably animal than It's cuz the Mutos do. don't look biological. Like there's right. nothing there's nothing natural looking about them. They almost look like they are metallic. Because their angles are so sharp. Right. They have that Um, long, flat head. Nothing else has that. Yeah, something becomes less scary when something doesn't look... When when it looks man-made, these things become less scary. Now, with that being said, there were still so many times that I was like, that was cool. (laughs) Do you think the story hurts if we call them man-made? Is that we tried to kill Godzilla in the 50s. It didn't work, but we noticed that some animal life was responding adversely to our nuclear bombs. So we purposefully cultivated characteristics that we thought could beat Godzilla. I feel like there's a better version of that in Mecha Godzilla. Yes. Which I'm confident we're going to get in, in the final, I hope so. final Zilla Rilla showdown. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah. think I agree no, with you, but I hope so. No, we, mm. we are. I think we're going to. Carter seems really sure about that for some Carter, reason. Carter, if you know a spoiler, you can't tell us legally. I will report you. I'm going to have them suck the COVID vaccine back out say. of you. I've got nothing else to say, except I'm ready to super dump as well. Oh, go. My super dump. Hear me. Hear me. Brian um, Cranston. Yeah. He has no place in this movie. He <laughs> really doesn't have any place in this movie. The moment he dies, <laughs> my experience overall is better. Yeah. Because we didn't need, and that's not to say that Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor Johnson, again, it gets crazy because as history moves on, like they become more and more recognizable. Right. They weren't so much when this first came out. This came out the same year as this came out the same year as Age of Ultron. They played brother and sister a few months after they played husband and wife wife here. And so and because I don't think you know, so Skull Island, we're going to get a lot of A-list, like recognizable people. Okay. And it's fine. I think that's totally fine. But for something, for some reason, this is just, it's very clearly to me, Brian Cranston's worst work that he's ever done. Uh, He's only doing what he can. Guys, if I can do a specific super dump, maybe it's his hair. I, I, there was something about his, I could not stop looking at it. I, I, (laughs) it looks too big for his head. Yeah. I find a lot of parallels with how bad the monster design was for our, our big, Nasty boys and uh, how I actually feel about this piece or whatever he's working with on the top of his head that completely took me personally out of 
the entire narrative. Of I think this it's character. just so hard to see him with hair. You know what I mean? I, it it's is like, tough. It's because I was like, well, they can't go bald because he'll he, he'll never do bald again because he's Heisenberg, right? Right. But like the hair makes him dad from Malcolm in the Middle. Is there some in between? Could he have had? <laughs> could he have could had he been graying? Like a, a pony or gray? A pony. Yeah, he or, needs a ponytail. I'm, or, I'm thinking skullet. Bald on top, ponytail on bottom. I like that. I don't That's know. That's the it way just, to go. It, I, was, it, it did not work. And I think he cannot exist in the movie. And the movie's just fine or better. Like narratively. I agree for the My, most part. In a vacuum, his scene in the like interrogation room where he's basically saying like, I told you so, yeah. um, is very good. It just doesn't belong here. Yeah. You know, like right. he, he's out of place chomping up scenery being Brian Cranston. But that's just not what this is. It's Godzilla's time to shine. I have a question for the both of you. I love answering questions. My super dump is pretty related to what we're talking about. But if we all three super dump right in a row, is it going to be like Brian Cranston dying in Godzilla and people lose interest? It's Godzilla. Okay. We're all trying to get the bad stuff out of the way so we could talk about how big his hands are and his That's lasers fine. from his That's mouth. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, my super dump is every single human character in this movie. <laughs> Dude, they're all completely yeah. wrong. It's so bad. Brian Cranston <laughs> and Elizabeth Olsen are delivering a level of dedication to this script that does not fit with everybody else. Sure. Aaron Taylor Johnson is not acting. He's just standing still in front of a camera. Yeah. He's also, doing- he's always going to sound… 15 years younger yeah, dude. than he's, he is. He's doing absolutely nothing except young. looking like, like it's the scene where Frodo gets stabbed by the ring wraiths. Oh, yeah. But he's doing, <laughs> he's doing that face, that <laughs> thing that Frodo does, looking like tall Frodo this whole movie. He's and not doing head, anything. His head, when he's jacked, his head looks too small for his body, but I still like <laughs> him. He's not doing anything. I think, uh, uh, Ken Watanabe is perhaps the most interesting character in this, and he doesn't get to do anything except yeah. stand still and look confused. No, 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 no. He gets to say, let them fight, which is the best line in the whole movie. He but that's has... the thing. He should be our main character. I agree why with you. Is, why is he not the main character of this guy who's like, hey, whenever, like, the, the Hiroshima <laughs> parallel is very good. I, I actually really appreciate that that was put in this movie. and gives him a reason to distrust the military right. when they say we have civilians' best interest in mind. Why is he not the main character? He definitely though? should be. He definitely should be. I, I appreciate actually he, the the perspective on Godzilla of the, the futility of trying to fight <laughs> him with a gun and a human body. So I kind of yes. like that we are looking at… Uh, if we split our time evenly between Ken Watanabe and Aaron Taylor Johnson, and we kind of take out, honestly, like, if all we know is, like, my family's in San Francisco, I'm trying to get back there. If he's yes. just some random lieutenant at the site with Ken, yes. and then we split off and he goes, my family's in San Francisco, I got to get back. Because I love the, uh, like, skydiving scene. It's so oh my good. Gosh. Ooh, Don't talk about players. that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't You're talk about right. that yet. You're right. But I'm just saying, if we could see the futility of science trying to figure out a way to stop this thing and the futility of a soldier who is theoretically very good at fighting things. Right. The futility of that as well. And then we get to the, we just have to let them fight. Like it's, it's there's yes. nothing we can do but let them fight. This movie is, I think, two points better on IMDb this, and is this, actually regarded yes. really well. I think With the script said, is about three drafts away from being good. I agree. Because there is too many, like, we didn't even talk about Sally Hawkins. All she does is explain things Britishly. She's a wasted talent for there sure. There is she's nothing. Fantastic. There's a lot of wasted talent. There is. We a waste lot of a lot talent. of, I just think there's we so waste much. Jared Kiso from Letterkenny, who I did not realize <laughs> was in this movie. Juliette Binoche is like a big deal yes. internationally and in a few American films. Real quick, before we move on, can I give you my Dr. Sirizawa impersonation? Please. It is for pod boys only because there are no words. Okay. okay. Yeah. You ready? Yep. You see his face. Absolutely. It's that face <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah. All he gets to do is be confused. That's He's the first such time a good we see actor. Him, and this is the last time we see him. <laughs> Dude, okay. It's the Hold same on. face this is, over. This is my Jared Kiso. And over again. Uh, playing character known as uh, Jump Master, which is way too cool of a name. Jump um, Master. I know Dang. that. 
<laughs> I know that literally means he's just the guy that tells him to jump out of the plane, but it's no, such no, a no. good title. This Maybe is my he's Charitito a DJ impression. also. <laughs> We're about to go into downtown San Francisco. We got to fight him. We got to fight the big lizard. That's it. He's just so Canadian. Yeah. It hurts. Aggressively, terminally Canadian. About, we're about to go downtown. The final, the final component of my super dump about wasted human beings in this movie is that we need absolutely none of the, of the prologue for this. Oh, dude, for sure. That is a complete waste of time. Because it did it make happens, Callie cry, but <laughs> it happens. And then the next time we see Brian Cranston, he reminds us of exactly what happened for the whole day. In case you forgot, my son, what happened to your mom? Well, like how much more impactful you- if, if we don't know it's his birthday and then we pan up to a happy birthday dad thing. That's another gut punch of like, oh my God, it was his birthday. Hey, here's, here's something good though. Gareth got better at making movies. Reportedly, Rogue One was a disaster behind the scenes. Oh, really? Reportedly, that, that movie went through crazy levels of rewrites. Pretty good movie, though. Pretty good movie. I don't know how much of that belongs to our boy Gareth so much as the team of writers that were working to improve Rogue One. That's fair. I, I'm hesitant to take credit away from him, though. Could be him. I'll take credit I have away from a, you, uh, It's not a super pump. It's a fake. It's a fake super pump. It's not the real Pump one. fake. Okay, okay. Pump fake. Sports. That's big time. I know some stuff. Uh, let's hear it for the boy, the literal finally. strongest character of this entire movie. Because for 15 years, this happy birthday banner has been hanging. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw it hung up, I was like, how? <laughs> What? Maybe thumbtacks. I, <laughs> I went full Seinfeld. I was just like, why? Maybe thumbtacks, though. No. Right? It's like, is this low-key just a long ad for thumbtacks? Thumbtacks. They get the job done. Probably. Um, it was so ridiculous. The job that's rubble. That we need to get done, though, um, <sighs> because I'm ready to start talking about big stuff, doing big stuff, and we're apparently saving that for the end, which I guess is probably smart. So it's time to go to shout <laughs> announcements, and we're going to do that. Uh, right about now. Welcome to Shout Announcements. It's the part of the show where we give shout outs and also um, we make announcements. Me Here's first. the thing. Something, something that's just occurring to me. When was the last time we actually gave a shout out during this portion? It's a good point. It'll never change. <laughs> Pretty much It's never, never going to change. Right? Hey, hey. Shout out to the listeners. Shout yeah, out to shout the out. listeners. Shout out, shout to, out the to, listeners. to the moms. The moms. That's actually pretty meta. That's another theory in, in social psych. It's called the symbolic convergence theory. But if, I'm not going to try and flex on that really quick. But Don't give your class away for free. I know. It does, it does cost. I can tell you that much. Why buy the milk when the cow hangs out with you? Gosh, speaking of cow milk. I, like, I had all these other <laughs> good segues, but I chose cow milk. <laughs> speaking of cow milk, uh, we need you guys to rate and review this podcast. Mm. Um. It's pretty obvious. We kind of follow the statistics in terms of how many downloads we have per day, how many we've had per month, how many we've had in our history. That study shows you enjoy our podcast because I don't know why you would keep listening if you didn't. So for those of you that have enjoyed it and have not reviewed it, please do so. Please do so. Rate, review. Uh, Rate it whatever you want. Five means good. One is I like that one. I like the five one. Five one's good. Five is our average. Five is is preferable. It's a pretty big deal. So if we were a restaurant, we'd be very expensive. That's I don't true. even think it goes to five. <laughs> John Favreau hey. would eat at us for sure. Oh, 100%. Here's the other thing. Go ahead and smash that subscribe button. Get the episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Every time we drop one, you'll be the first to know. That's always good stuff. That's some real YouTube energy I brought to that on accident. I don't want to bring that energy. But here's the energy I do want to bring. We have a homework assignment for you listeners. And it's oh. tell someone... Everybody, I'm talking to you. Tell someone about this podcast. Someone you think doesn't listen but would enjoy it. Just send them an episode. Send them a link to the podcast itself. Just share this like a beach ball at a Nickelback concert to quote the movie Hot Rod from 2007 for some reason. (laughs) Um, Just give us as a gift, a free gift. It costs you nothing, but it delivers unto your friend everything. (laughs) Send us to your friends. Share us. 
let's let's let let's pop pop this bad boy all around yes. the globe. You know what I mean? Because we are confident that you will do us this kindness, mm. and because there are several of you, and not insignificant number of you, in fact, that have done us the kindness of supporting us on Patreon. I would say they're all significant to me. They're all wow. incredibly significant. Each of you is the most significant person in my life. Mm. Jess, I hope you're not listening to this. <laughs> um, we've got some bonus epis coming your way. Some uh, Ralph bonus episodes. Some Ralph, some Ralph bonies coming your way. Goodness. <laughs> uh, we uh, listen. We know we missed the Choosers' Choice Two window to to pop out that pacifier episode. Scheduling got a little wild. I don't know if y'all heard about that big snow time here in Texas, mm. but it did hit us and it did throw our recording schedule for a bit of a loop. We do have pacifier coming for you just as soon as humanly possible. Uh, and don't worry, you'll get your VIN fixed from there. But for Zillarilla, uh, in terms of other actors that we have have loved, I, for one, quite enjoyed reviewing Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. And The Lion King as well. I really enjoyed both of those. Probably the two most significant Matthew Broderick movies in my life. But uh, now Inspector we get to, Gadget. We get to round out. <laughs> we get to round out the Matthew Broderick <laughs> trilogy. Uh, by reviewing his the music man, <laughs> by reviewing his attempt at a Godzilla, <laughs> Matthew tried. He tried to do a Godzilla in the late nineties, and it was a movie. Amazing. And so we'll be we'll be watching it and talking about it. That'll yeah. be coming your way over the course of our Zillarilla series. As always, we are incredibly thankful for all of our listeners, but especially our patrons. You guys are the best community that we could imagine being a part of our show. Do you guys remember when movies all had t-shirts of them? Because I feel like that Godzilla poster was more on t-shirts than it was anywhere else. I feel like I oh, saw yeah. more Happy Meal toys of that Godzilla movie than actual people who saw that Godzilla movie. That's probably valid. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I went to a McDonald's like a week ago. I don't know if this is still in the episode. I went to a McDonald's like a week ago with a giant sign outside that said, try our spicy nuggets and hot mustard. I was like, heck yeah, of course I will. I know that I love both of those things. I go in through the drive-thru and I was like, one 20-piece spicy nuggets, please. And they said, we don't have spicy nuggets. And I said, okay, can I get regular nuggets? And they were like, sure. What dipping sauce? And I said, hot mustard. And they said, we don't have that. <laughs> and I said, then you might need a new sign. I'm honestly <laughs> mad that the hot mustard thing is becoming known because you could always count on them having some because nobody ever got it. But I feel like people are catching on. They gave me regular nuggets with honey mustard. And listen, I'm not I'm not some ivory tower coastal elite who's going to turn that stuff down. I still loved it. Still scarfed it right up. Mm-hmm. Just not the same though. Just a huge bummer. I'm sorry, man. You guys want to do our episodes some more? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea if any of that's even in. When you got those nuggets, how were they delivered? In a box. Nice. Interesting. I guess now it has to be <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> <the> episode. Yes. <laughs> I think before we figure out what the rest of this movie has to offer, uh, I do have a question as to what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Yeah, what they don't tell you, actually, when you're watching that scene, the answer is male. Mm. It's always male. It's always male from your your biggest uh, your biggest lovers. Yeah, well, I was going to think of the opposite of haters, and I was like, lovers, but… These people are decidedly not our lovers, but they do love our show. Yeah, and uh, we we asked some folks uh, to submit us questions. We had an open question box on our Instagram. Questions to get answered on the show. Uh, these can be about Godzilla, but actually none of them are. So that's fine. I guess <laughs> every question could theoretically about Godzilla. I think that every day, <laughs> every day, I'm like, anytime mm, somebody's what? like, "Hey, quick question," I'm like, "Please, please, please, please." This please, could please, be please. about Godzilla, <laughs> but none of these are. Uh, our first question comes from Instagram user Ruzapalooza. That's such a good name. It's very good. 
What's a super obscure movie you'd love to cover, but don't know how to fit into the show? Brigsby uh, Bear. Assu- the answer is Brigsby Bear. It's I'm assuming Brigsby they Bear. mean like like into a series. There's yeah. nothing else quite like it. Brigsby Bear. Okay. Easy answer for I Jordan. love Brigsby Bear. It's, a, it's one of my favorite comfort movies. It is just so sweet and wholesome and fun. And I just don't know how to crowbar that into anything. Um, my movie is called The Fall. And I don't even know if you guys… If if we've talked about it, I might have mm-hmm. mentioned it. It is a beautiful. It's just such a cool movie. It's kind of a fantasy slash reality. I don't know. It's hard to describe. Super quirky that I think y'all would enjoy. And if anything, it's like I just want a reason to talk more in depth about it. And for me, it was yep. like, well, if I do it in the package of this podcast, then we can. But I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think it'll ever happen unless we just have a full series that's like, hey, let's bring to the table our our most criterion collection. But uh, Lee Pace is the lead in that. It was in oh, 2000, okay. uh, 2006. Cool. Oh, uh, Baby Lee. Baby Lee Pace. Uh, and it's it's honestly super, super cool. It's actually the same director of The Cell. <laughs> That's a Jennifer Lopez flop from the year ah. 2000. Uh, cool. Which one but, wasn't the flop from Jennifer Lopez, just by the way? Uh, Anaconda? Next? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, fair um, enough. But yeah, The Fall is that movie for me. I This is a tricky question to answer because I firmly believe that we could fit any movie into any series. But I, I really, I don't know. Part of, behind the curtain, part of the way that I, I at least bring suggestions to the podcast of what we're going to talk about is what movie do I want you guys to watch and talk to me about so badly? There's a movie that I watched. It's the first foreign language movie I actually watched uh, in high school. And it is called Troll Hunter. It's a Norwegian movie. Oh, it's and a it great is, movie. I have seen it. You've seen Hunter. it? Yeah. You, we've all seen it? Yeah. We, we, we've been able to talk about this the whole time. We could have talked about this at any point. Are you yes. kidding me? I watched it 100%. in college in the apartment we lived in together. That's not true. It There's no true. way that's true. Are it you serious? True. Yeah. It's really good. We got to talk about this later. Okay. You probably you probably went home for the weekend. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Next question. Probably true. Some of us had a job, but yeah, that's probably true. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I had a job. It was just where I lived. Let's fight. That's fair. <laughs> Let them fight. Um, cool. Well, yeah, I'd love to talk about Troll Hunter. I mean, maybe we can record it. We can put that in the show probably. <laughs> I would definitely need to rewatch it. It's been a minute. Next question comes from an Instagram user named Emma Kale. Emma.kale. Emma what was one of my ab- students. Shout out, Emma. Sorry. So Emma already knew all of that, like all of the scales, all the social communicology stuff mm-hmm. that you were trying to teach us earlier. Yep. Emma asks, what is the absolute worst movie you've ever seen and what made it the worst? The worst movie I've ever seen. Twilight Breaking Dawn, part one. Mm. Okay. What okay. made it the worst? There is an extensive birth scene. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the, oh, uh, that is uh, very, very low on the sensical scale. Um, it is a, it is the biggest money grab, waste of time, uh, shallow thing I have ever seen in my life. To be honest, mm. now that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the process. I was only asked, what's the worst movie I've ever seen? Sure. And if you want to go actually listen to that episode, it exists. I believe it was was Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1. Where Edward eats the baby free? Eats the baby free. Uh, I'll never forget it. God, what a bad concept and movie. This is such a a hard question because… Yeah, are you going like worst like… Worst quality movie, actually worst or least favorite? Because I think those might be different for me. So yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give kind of a two part answer here with two different ideas to it because this this is a hard movie because I honestly think I eject bad movies from my brain. Um, Jupiter Ascending is probably the worst. Um, like what a mess. Yeah, yeah, like just the worst culmination of everything put together. But uh, honestly, uh, I'm going to give my answer to. Uh, and I think it's because it's it's getting its second chance soon, and I just want to reiterate how bad it is. Zack Snyder's Justice League is so terrible and had no excuse whatsoever. Um, Whedon's Justice League. Right, right? sure. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. DCEU's Justice League movie had everything 
that it needed. And Batman vs. Superman was bad too, and so was Suicide Squad. So it wasn't like it was coming in on a hot tra- track record. But the Justice League should have been its moment to turn it around, redeem some stuff, and make it great. And it just grabbed the mic and was like, I got the next verse. And then just farted into the mic. <laughs> and everybody stood around and was like, why'd you do that? Uh, and then the video there was an the- entire group of people that were like, they were like, that far was pretty good though. <laughs> have you seen the video of the guy? Y'all might have shown me. Uh, the guy who takes the, uh, uh, what is this? The loudspeaker over like a store <laughs> yeah. or something in a Costco. Yeah. It might as well have been like Moria, you know, because it's just yeah. like this. Wow, wow, wow. Like this is the that's biggest the Justice shocking League. thing. Yeah. That's the Justice League. But not funny. <laughs> worst movie I've ever seen. The actual worst movie I've ever seen is Marge Needs Mom. I knew you were going to say that. I almost guessed it. Yeah. I hate that movie. Really My bad. least favorite movie that I've ever seen is Feliz Navidad. <laughs> because that was personal. You yeah. know what I mean? Dang. Like that was like, I hate it when I get slapped in the face by a bad movie. But if it's my best friend slapping me in the face with a bad movie, that's going to sting Dang. a lot worse. Yeah, and most of Jolie's Navi Dad was, our best was friend. very personal. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That was a good question. Thanks, Emma. Uh, our next question comes from Instagram user Carol Guinan. Asks, what's a movie deal breaker for you? An unforgivable sin a movie can't come back from. If this thing happens in a movie, it's all over. What is that thing? It used to be Taylor Lautner, but my opinion's changed. (laughs) I think for me, it's, and this is is tough to define sometimes, but I think it's a movie breaking its own rules for the sake of, um, like, moving the plot forward. Um, So, like, Harry Potter has this established universe and rules for how magic works, but by the end of the series, they're just guns. Like, their wands are just guns. Yeah. And that bothers me endlessly and honestly makes... That's why I have such a hard time with the late part of Harry Potter, even though they're fun. Like, magic doesn't mean anything anymore unless you say Avada Kedavra. Like, everything else is just sort of like shoot a laser and see if it hurts somebody. So, yeah, yeah, I think for me, it's when when movies spend all this time universe building and they're like, here's how this thing works and here's all the rules for it. And then they're like, except for when it isn't, for no reason. If you're going to subvert expectations and do something cool, that's different. But when your wand is just a laser gun, that's annoying. Yeah. For for me, I think it's… I'm trying to think of especially movies that… For some reason, you know, I think of the MCU or just movies that had several in the series that had been doing really well. And in my mind, whether it failed or not, I was worried about this specific thing. I was like, please don't do this. Please don't do this. And I think the way that I would like flesh that out is, I think a deal breaker for me is loose ends. Uh, It doesn't necessarily mean if there's just one or if there's more, but I think if there's some like legitimate, if I am very obviously at the end of that, not supposed to be asking the question of, yeah, but what about this? Then Mm. it's not good. Because there are loose ends like Inception that that are intentionally there uh, for stimulating us, Right. Right. But the ones that are just lazy, I think if I was to call it one thing and quantify it, it'd be lazy loose ends. Yeah. I think loose ends, uh, if if a movie, a lot of the times movies that feel rushed have that. Uh, movies that feel like they have no identity have that. Like if I have too many of those, I'm out. It's really hard for me. Yeah. Because at that point, it's not creative to me if you can't figure out how to end it. It's valid. Yeah, it's it's tricky because my my biggest deal breaker is like a structural mismatch, which is very hard to like specifically identify. But usually you can feel it in a movie. When you walk away going, okay, they punched a lot at the end, but I don't necessarily know that's what they were angry about. I mean, the, the one that comes to mind is, unfortunately, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. I, I don't want to continue to to rag on DC stuff because it's, you know, that's pretty low-hanging fruit. Everybody knows those movies aren't especially great. But like, the the crux of the narrative probably is not solved in that one by like a world engine and by punching Zod so hard that you knock over a bunch of Metropolis. Like that that's just, I don't know. I think the the third act of that movie answers a different question than the first two acts even raise. And those structural mismatches for me, it's it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what it is that goes wrong. But 
you can almost always feel it when you walk away from a movie. It's good. Last question comes from Instagram user Mr. C. Kingston says, do you think the movie theater experience is permanently dead? No. Explain no, why. I think it's redefined. I mean, I know it's a yes or no question. I think, but, I think but. yeah, I think it's redefined on, on a couple of ends that I can think of right now. Um, I think, yet yeah, there's a lot to be said about, especially after coming fresh out of a WandaVision experience and having so many new movies released at home and me being really okay with that. Uh, like, I think that will not go away. I do think that for, uh, it's going to be a company by company type thing, production company, to decide whether or not even when we get closer to normal for theaters being open, uh, whether or not they're still going to go ahead and have, hey, you could pay 30 bucks from home and have it at the same time. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't think the movie theater experience is going to go away. I, think it'll, I, I, I don't agree. know if it'll ever get back to what it was. It might not get back to what it was. I agree. But I'll tell you, just to, to add a little nuance for me at least, is what's changed for me. Um, because… I could pay $10 a ticket for Callie and I to go see a movie in a movie theater where people might talk through the movie, where people might have their phone light on, where people might crunch loudly upon chips that are made of glass during a quiet place. Um, These are all things that have happened and can happen. And granted, you have places like Alamo that are desperately trying to preserve uh, the pure experience of a movie theater, and I appreciate that. But I can pay $20 to go roll the dice on the people sitting around me, or I can pay $20, uh, which is the rental price for most new releases, I've noticed, $20 to sit in my home with my TV and my sound system with my snacks, and I can pause it, and I can turn the volume up and down. Like, there there are movies now that I will say, I want to see this so bad, but it is not a theater movie because I can watch it on release at my house. You know? Yeah, Marvel does, movies. Does Barb and Star feel that way for you? Yeah, we watched Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar last week, and it was great. Yeah, uh, and it was twenty dollars, which seems like a lot, but it's the same price for Callie and I to go to a theater, and we could watch if it. Y'all on our ten dollars tickets. That's a cheap theater. I mean, Alamo's about ten dollars a ticket for the most part. It's been so long, I don't even remember. Um, but I just for, for me, it's changed the bar. Marvel movies are theater movies. Uh, I don't know that most Oscar movies would be theater movies for me. No. You know? Yeah, like, it might it might redefine theater movie for people. Yeah. I just don't think the theater experience is gone. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. I agree with everything you guys have said. Nothing to elaborate. Yeah, perfect. That's it, guys. Do you hear this sound? The box has been sealed. I just sealed the box. Sealed it up. With sealed that expert, expert level Foley work that I hope comes through in the final recording. Great. Now That's shut great. up because we're not talking about that anymore. I'm super pumping on this movie and it's when Godzilla yes. laser pukes down the Muto's mouth to kill it. Yeah, that's very cool. Callie and I both audibly went, oh, like out loud to yeah. each other. It's very cool. It's very, so very cool. cool. <laughs> he did. He's so dead. He's so dead. And then when Godzilla, cool. when he takes his head and he smushes it on the building, it's so cool. Yeah, we, yeah. you also get your was. Spielberg, in the late 90s, was he the first one to have the triumphant roar at the end of the movie? Oh. Doesn't it, or can you not help but think of a T-Rex at the end? You know, like, oh, I it, have, is, it is. It is finished. the T-Rex. Yeah. It is that, that, that guttural, we're done here. And he, he said, yeah. he said, you're welcome. Yeah. Right he before does he it, heads back. Uh, he does it on, on pitch with the soundtrack. <laughs> Sorry, like, so he, he was sings. like, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it was like he sings to the soundtrack, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. I like to watch him swim. His, he wiggles uh, a lot. I mean, my, my super pump is right here too. It's it's not that specific moment, but it is the design. I, I do think with it being super low on the sensical scale, right, of our giant monster, mm-hmm. people did have expectations. I think whether you sure. were a, a Godzilla head or not, this needed to have a certain level of realism, right? Like… Realism in the sense of what we know to be good CGI. Um, and boy, they spent a lot of manpower and a lot of hours on creating this, this yeah. creature. And, you know, my super pump is also wrapped up in the reveal. Uh, I think there was a lot of influence in Jaws here because we had so much of talking about it and then even down to the fin and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the the tide coming in because because this giant tsunami-like power was coming— 
Man, goosebumps. It was such a good yes. movie theater experience. This is a movie theater experience. Yes. Godzilla 100%. needed to be seen in theaters and IMAX. I, I think you need to jump in an IMAX. If there's big monster fights… Go ahead and see it in IMAX. You need see to, it as you big need and to, as loud as possible. The you big, need to the, feel like you got a seat on, on that scale. The skydiving back. scene with the red flares and we, we, we skirt his body. And then when we shoot the flares up… And see face for the first time, like yes. the visuals of this movie. I mean, we're we're ne- we're very near the end of this episode. We have to wrap up, honestly. But th- we did it this way because we didn't want the whole episode to just be like he looks so cool, he punches so cool, and he's so big, and his fists so, are cool. Like, yeah, I'll go ahead and super pump then. Yeah, my super pump is is the reveal process of Godzilla. Yeah. It feels like the xenomorph to me. Yes. Where we really only see parts of him until we see him finally at the end. Um, but just the care even that went into designing, because like, we, we talked about it during show announcements, but, but Matthew Broderick's Godzilla, that thing doesn't look like Godzilla. We know what Godzilla looks like. Godzilla looks like a dude in a suit in the mid-50s. Right, right. Right? And so this yeah. creature that they've designed for this movie still looks like a dude in a suit, but like a living, breathing, scaly version of a dude in a suit. Right. Yeah. The creature design on Godzilla stands in stark contrast to the other two monsters in that it's actually very, very good. Yeah. The first time we see his face, we are yeah. almost exactly one hour into our two-hour movie. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That takes like a huge amount of restraint in this movie to be able to do that. I think this movie is at its best whenever we have unnamed characters watching Godzilla emerge. Dude, yeah, when basically. they when they go silent at that airport, when they're freaking oh out about the Muto and then they see the foot and everybody just shuts up. Yes. That is such a good scene. I love that stuff. When it's just people basically being awestruck by Yep. Oh yeah. We don't we don't even need to be Godzilla. They're they're awestruck by the power of nature cuz that's the message of this movie, right? Is that like that's it's similar to Jurassic Park, right? Where it's like we think we're in charge, but we're not. Right. We're only the biggest, baddest thing on the planet right now. But a few a few million years ago, that's not the case. A few million years from now, probably not the case. Right. Yeah. And so it's just a reminder of humanity's hubris. But like any time that we get unnamed crowds, I think of the, the beach in Honolulu. I think of uh, the dog running through the street. Mm-hmm. Like any of those moments where it's like the the contrast of the raw power of nature plus like the imagined power of man is so good in this yeah. movie. Yeah, absolutely. There always is, yeah, the best moments are when people have almost this like organic like reverence. It's just yes. like, oh, be seated. When they all yes. sit and look at what they think is the corpse of Godzilla at the end, and yeah. then he stands up and they're like, yeah, like our our, our lizard savior is back up and ready to rumble. Yeah. It's just so Big and dumb and loud, and I love it. But see, I think it's more thoughtful than it has any reason to be. No, I think it misses the thoughtfulness for the most part in this one to me. That's that's kind of my thing here is that I think I they, think the way that it presents Godzilla though yes, as more than I agree just with that. big, big mean monster. Like that's something that I remember being a big hyped piece of the promotional deal for this yeah. is that we're returning to Toho's original vision for Godzilla as this force of nature. Godzilla's not a monster, balance. Godzilla's a tsunami. Yeah. Godzilla right? He's not himself evil any more than a thoughtful. crocodile is evil. I yeah. agree with that. I really agree with that. It's the rest of the movie that swings. And sure, yeah. On the, the, the people completely fall apart. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is already time to rate this movie, which is crazy. Um, but we're going to go ahead and do it using science—the same science that brought us our study of Godzilla and the Mutos in this movie. It's the scientific cinema scale, and it is perfect. And as follows: the best thing we could ever say about a movie is, "Own it. Don't lend it." Buy that poster. The next best thing, that's buy it. Follow by rent it. After that is stream it and then forget it. And last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. Godzilla hath forsaken us. I'll go first if that's okay. Please, yeah. Uh, I'm going to rent it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I rate movies higher at the beginning of like, a series, like there's going to be multiple intentional, multiple movies in this universe for what they are able to do to kick off the series. Like if they at least do this well. Uh, I can tell you though, my rent it here is not really built a lot on those uh, older sentiments uh, or or what I used to do for beginning a series. This is really kind of based off of 
Um, I think it's a standalone fun watch sure. uh, for things like the reveal, even though, you know, the fact that the big reveal works more than once yeah. is really saying something. Yeah. You know, I it's happened to me before. And yes, there was probably a good healthy amount of time between my watches to really, really remember when it happens. But it's definitely one of those reveals that even if I was to watch it tonight with someone who hadn't seen it, I'm going to be side-eyeing the whole time. Like looking at it like… <laughs> yeah. I was… Like waiting Jess had for never them. seen this. I was doing that to her the last yes, night, The entire yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Just waiting for them to experience that. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely… It's a rent for me. Yeah. That's fair. It's a rent for me as well. Um, a lot of the same reasons. But for, for me, what it boils down to is this. This is an aspirational rent. Uh, because I would recommend renting it so that you can watch the remainder of this series because that's what I'm excited for. Having not seen the remainder of the series, the trailers alone deliver more of what I love about this movie. So I am confident. Yeah, I'm excited for you. That it's going to be Neither of you have awesome. seen the rest of the movies? Nope. Have you seen them, Carter? I've only seen Skull Island. So oh, okay. yeah, the second half I have not seen. Great. Cool. Well, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about those. And... Um, so th- this rent it is with an asterisk next to it of if the next movies deliver, then this continues to be worth it as a rental to dip your foot into this series. Yeah. I'm also going to rent it <gasps> with it rents all around, which is the first time I think we've ever all three landed on the same rating. If it's not by that post, right. Or yeah, God has forsaken us. Isn't that weird yeah. that we're all exactly middle feelings about this? Sure. Mm-hmm. My my caveat would be that rent it at whatever the cheapest price you can find is, unless you're one of the people like me who one of your favorite movies of all time is Jurassic Park because of the awe of the power of nature. Because I think every time Godzilla appears in this movie, it is equivalent to the first time we hear the Jurassic Park theme and we see uh, the the like herd of sauropods at the very beginning. Uh, when we just pan out and it's all the dinosaurs we see them for the first time in Jurassic Park, every time Godzilla appears is that moment again in this movie. Yeah, mm. that's fun. And the the Melodyne. Wah, 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 yeah, exactly. That really, Melodyne? That's not it. Melodica. Melodica. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really great. Hey, we are continuing this series uh, full steam ahead, full speed ahead. Uh, next with Kong Skull Island next week. So stay locked and loaded for that one because we've got ourselves some Bree, some Tom, uh, starting to look like a charcuterie board up in there. Get ready for it. Um, A little side note uh, about like continuing the series. One of the main reasons that these movies keep happening and this universe keeps growing is they do make a lot of money. This made over $400 million. Oh, sure, sure. uh, Profit. So no surprise. it's It's doing things well. Also, keep an eye out if you're a patron, The Pacifier, uh, from Chooser's Choice 2. It's a little late. You know, Texas got hammered. So, uh, it's coming to you soon. Be ready for that. To end today's episode, like for each of us to uh, say our name and uh, say one creature we would love to see Godzilla fight that we don't believe he has fought as of yet. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders. And it, I want to see Godzilla fight Kirby. There's two reasons. <laughs> Can Kirby get that big? So that's number one. I want to see Kirby swallow Godzilla. Can his mouth do that? His ability to swallow King K. Rule would lead me to believe potentially yes. Potentially yes. The second reason is because I want to see what happens to Kirby when he absorbs the Godzilla powers. Is he big? Is he, he regular size a, but scaling? A spiky hat. Yeah, does it's he? Gonna be a spike. It's gonna be a cute spike. Does guy. he have a blue couple, laser puke? Three spikes What's and blue deal? laser puke. I think so too. But I want to see it. I'm Doge, and I think I'm just really hankering for some classic B movie energy, and I want Godzilla versus Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and I want to position them at opposite ends of the U.S. because it will take like a week and a half for them to walk to each other. They're both <laughs> such slow boys. And then throughout that week and a half, we can continue to get the shots that I love of just reveals of Frankenstein and everybody being like, <gasps> and then reveals of Godzilla and everybody being like, <gasps> and then they'll fight and it'll be really disappointing because Godzilla will just eat him. But it'll be it's interesting. Question. Yeah. Godzilla won't even know he's there. <laughs> Godzilla will be like, wait, there's a dude? What am I supposed to do? Huh? 
Um, I'm Carter, and I think I, 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 while I have an affinity for the Broderick Zilla that we're going to review, I think it just needs to be put to rest. Which one is better? Mm. Let's let's have it fight the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. I can respect that, and just see how yeah. quickly how quickly that boy ends. Um, I think that immediately that one's because that one's kind of little. It's compared little, to it's, compared to this one. Compared to this one. Yeah, that's a demigodzilla. Mm. That's Godzuki. <laughs> nice. Maybe it's a Godzuki origin story. Yeah. The Matthew Broderick one. <laughs> I like that very much. I like you guys very much. Not you guys, uh, the listeners. <laughs> and my friends here on the podcast that I do. I stopped with really. too. Doesn't matter if you stopped already. I can keep recording forever. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.